Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Guardian. Hi, I'm Hersha Patel and this is Let's Eat, a podcast supported by McCain. In this second of five episodes, we're looking at how British mealtimes have changed over time and what to cook for the right occasion. We'll be asking professional foodies the secrets of mixing good food and great company. In today's episode, I'm joined in the kitchen by two cooks who love... A TV dinner. Curling up on your TV with, with a nice bowl of something and being able to just stick it in your gobs. Lizzie Mabbott is a food blogger and author. You're not going to spend yeah. hours focusing on a dinner which is yeah. not really going to be focused on. Kate Trelawney is a chef and food writer. What do they do when they get in late from work and all they want to do is flop on the sofa but they know that there's just a sad lettuce lurking in the bottom of the fridge? Do they reach for the takeaway menu? Or do they get creative? Pull up a seat and let's find out. My name's Lizzie Mabbott. I wrote a book called Chinatown Kitchen, which is about demystifying Asian ingredients and how to use them further. I also write a blog called Hollow Legs about food and drink and restaurants and travel. I am making a noodle soup with bits and bobs from the fridge. Bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. Are they so, actual bits and bobs you found they in really your fridge? They really are. <laughs> they actually are. It's quite embarrassing, really. It's like, these are all the bits and bobs you, you have in your fridge as a yeah. one single person. So what London. have we got here? We've got some... Um, so we've got some greens. I think yeah. you always need some sort of greenage in yeah. your noodle soup for, you know, essential health. Yeah. Eggs, tomatoes and ham and right. spring onions. I always have spring onions in the fridge. Yeah. Like a good Asian. Like a good Asian. <laughs> like a good Asian should. You know when you have just a few bits of everything where yeah. you can't actually form yeah. a full meal out of? Perfect for noodle soups. Any oh, kind of right. leftover meats are really good so yeah. you can just flake into it. That kind of thing. Lizzie, as you can tell, loves food. From fish fragrant aubergines to roast cockerel, her recipes are distinctly Chinese and, with time and preparation, easy to make. But we haven't given Lizzie any time. MasterChef's on in 20 minutes. So what's she cooking today? It's a really posh pot noodle. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> oh, what's this jar? That is chilli oil. Oh, nice. Um, which I find essential for most of my meals, but that's a kind of optional extra. And are these things you generally have in your yeah. store cupboard? Yeah, right. always. I always have eggs, because um, eggs are quick and easy. Yeah. I just feel a bit guilty if I don't eat some sort of vegetable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And what, where does your interest in food and cooking come from? I think it's inherent when you're Asian. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Hong Kong as well, which is very food-based. Everything in Hong Kong is food-centric. Were you born there? Mm. Oh, okay. My mum's Chinese and I was right. born there and I lived there for 13 years. But I found that everything in Hong Kong centres around 
um, all the celebrations centre around food, all the superstitions centre around food and everything like that. So everything that you're doing, in, in fact, when you go and first go and see your family, the, the first thing they ask you rather than how are you is, have you eaten yet? It's a similar thing with Indian culture. Kailidu, mm. that means have you eaten yet? <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> yeah. Here. And it's a, it's a kind of, it's a marvellous way to live, I think. Because yeah. you can go on holiday with your family and go, well, so what should we do until lunchtime? What should we do until dinner then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it structures um, your day. It's really structured, but really gives a good kind of build to the day mm. when, you're, when you're kind of looking forward to the next meal. And it kind of justifies you being greedy, as I have done now, hopefully. Um, justified it rather. My name's Kate Trelawney. I run a catering business in South London and I have two children and some pets. Kate runs a catering business in South London. She cooks mainly on fashion shoots so her customers can be very wary of the calories of her meals. Her food is therefore simple, elegant and wholesome. Coriander fish cakes, charred cauliflowers, roasted squash. But when she's got five minutes before Love Island, what does she grab from the cupboard? Anchovies. <laughs> Tahini I use a lot because I never used to like it at all, but then it became very, very fashionable, so I forced myself to like it. And I now, <laughs> I now really like it. Pomegranate molasses, yeah, um, which I think is fantastic. This is like a kind of modern-day balsamic in a way. Yeah. So pomegranate molasses. Got a lot of um, flavourings and condiments mm. and things that can... Almost pimp up any the pimp up yeah dry yes, exactly so it's it's really kind of for me that's my kind of fast food I, I cook with a lot of vegetables much of my children's total horror so a lot of vegetables um, and I try and concentrate on the good ingredients like good vegetables good meat good fish and then I will have various jars of stuff in my cupboard which will then make it all snazzy and fancy and taste good. Oh, um, the spring onions. Spring onions essential for any kind of noodle soup. Even if you're just having an instant noodle kind of vibe um, without any of the added extras, spring onions always key. Basically, the noodles just get a quick blanch with some greens and then you just start adding all the bits to it. And um, it's just a fried egg you're doing on You top. can do a fried egg. You can do... Sometimes I do a poached egg. Break it straight in then. Depends on how fancy you're feeling. I'm feeling quite fancy today, so I'm going for a oh. fried. The best thing about it is that it's kind of a one... Usually a one or two pan wonder, and it's minimal washing up. It's been about five minutes since you started, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So um, by the time it takes you to... I mean, if you're going to, say, for example, make pesto pasta, by the time it takes you to to boil the pasta, you're pretty much done. It's yeah. all kind of an assembly job. It's just cooking all the main ingredients. Yeah. When would you make this meal? Would it... It's usually short on time or short on um, time to go and get stuff. So it's very much a, what have I got in the fridge? You need the components of some sort of vegetable, some sort of protein, and obviously the, the packet noodles. I eat this probably more often than I should, maybe. Maybe there should be more salad in my life. But um, it's a comfort thing for me as well. It's very much a comfort thing. My childhoods were very much um, noodle soup based, and after school, coming home, and having a quick snack before dinner. <laughs> Is this your quick snack before dinner? Well, yeah. Oh my, can you just describe the bowl? Because it looks okay. so beautiful. So there's udon noodles, which are literally two minutes in boiling water. And there's some cavolo nero, which has been quickly blanched. They went in with the noodles. Uh, there's some shreds of ham uh, in a miso soup base and some sliced tomato, spring onion and a miso broth. Beautiful. <laughs> Ta-da. That we, would um... be my, my ideal. Because it's great for sitting on the couch with as well, just slurping mm. in. Let's have a taste. Here you go. 
So before televisions came along, people would sit around the table to eat. Then in the 1950s, when more and more families introduced TVs to their houses, the TV dinner was born. And this concept was created by very clever food manufacturers who produced convenience food in the shape of a TV dinner, which was a tray of food that you could sit on your laps whilst watching telly. Nowadays, it's more about the quick cook, what you can make in a rush and how you can sit in front of the telly and not have to concentrate on the food but on what's going on in front of your eyes. So here we are in our kitchen. We actually haven't sat on the sofa to eat because the sofas are cream (laughs) and the soup is soupy but we've enjoyed some delicious noodle broth, noodle soup made by Lizzie. Um, It was absolutely delicious actually and now we're settling into the sofa So I was thinking about this subject and my immediate thought when I thought of the word TV dinners was an old American 60s show with people eating out of compartments, those plastic compartments. Trays, like... TV trays, yeah, Mm. that's why, what Mm. comes to your minds when you think TV dinners? I guess in TV dinners for me speaks of American Kraft macaroni cheese, the box version. Yeah. That feels like a TV dinner, but my dad made a kind of version of where he made a tuna pasta bake with condensed cream of mushroom soup, the Campbell stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you open the can, it all slides out in one big jelly chunk. Yeah. <laughs> and leaving you, nothing in Leaving it. nothing, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. just very cleanly yeah. slides out. Still with the ridges from the <laughs> yeah, can around. Still the ridges, and like you have to food. smoosh it. I had to, <laughs> yeah. My job was to smoosh it around the bowl mm. and then uh, mix some milk in with it, and that mm. kind of made the creamy sauce. Mm. And it's just like a quick fire away. Nice, it? it was delicious. Yeah. And we'd either go for breadcrumbs on top or we'd crumble crisps. Mm. Again, pretty great. Cheesy Doritos was so good. (laughs) Absolute dream. So that was the kind of TV dinner. My dad would just bang it in the oven. We'd all go sit around the TV and then we'd have like a, when you carve it out of the the baking dish, it just Mm. comes out of one lump and it's great. And that's Mm. a kind of, you sit and you shovel it in type thing. Yeah. Every bite tastes the same. We kind of had a kind of mixture of sitting at the table, but also we had this very low square coffee table that I fitted it exactly underneath. Mm. So it's kind of like sitting at a table, mm. but the TV was in front of us. And I remember very um, vividly that we were watching Psycho. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. It was 93. 90- yeah, we were watching Psycho. Um, and I was sort of, this is, we were in Hong Kong, watching Psycho with my parents. And that was when my grandmother had called us to tell us that Princess Diana had died. Oh, gosh. So it was 1997 when I was 11. Mm. <laughs> Why was I watching Psycho? I've got no idea. Mm. I just remember being petrified and then <laughs> my dad telling me that Princess Diana died. And I'd said, who's Princess Diana? <laughs> so, yeah, very vivid TV dinner memory there. <laughs> that, that is an intense TV dinner Seriously memory. intense, actually, yeah. Maybe a bit much. Do you remember what you were eating at the time? I think so. I have no idea. It's, I think, pretty much turned to pace as soon yeah. as all that happened. Mm-hmm. Currently, I sometimes eat dinners in front of the TV. I often eat dinner in front of the TV. And I think, especially when you come home late for work from work and you just want something that you can just mindlessly eat while staring at the TV screen. And it's usually bowl food for me. Something I always eat out of a bowl with a spoon. So something like a... I mean, I suppose this isn't very TV dinner, but like a risotto is, is perfect. And something that you don't have to cut it into or anything like that. You just want oh, to shovel. You want right. to shovel it in. Yeah. Cocoa Pops, such as. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, maybe I'm thinking too much of the practicalities of a, of watching TV and eating. But I think that to me is curling up on your TV with, with a nice bowl of something and being able to just stick it in your gob. And what mm. about you, Kate? I think when I was a kid, when I was young, 
I was an only child and I had quite a lot of TV dinners. I spent a lot of time eating dinner in front of the TV. I don't really remember it being any um, fancy food. I think it was because we didn't really have fancy food when mm. we were kids. You didn't have all the ingredients we have now. Um, no quinoa, darling. No quinoa. God, what? No, no, no avocado. <laughs> Mummy, oh, no. my avocado. Oh, my, my hummus. Yes. I need my hummus. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't remember eating quite a lot of crap. Yeah, I do remember having TV dinners then, but that's rather tragic, I think, really. Do you remember what kind of things constituted a TV dinner back then? I just remember eating ice cream with sprinkles on it, kind of pink ice cream with sprinkles on it. As a child, I don't remember having grown-up food, and this is where it really differs to what goes on now, because I've got kids. And I just remember getting given child's food. I didn't like butter as a child. And I remember a lot of time being made to sit in front of something until I finished it. And whenever I had butter, there's kind of a lot of kind of gagging that went on. And I just remember sitting for kind of days with a piece of toast and kind of butter on it. Like, you will eat that. And then a piece, a of, toast, of, piece of toast coming up to bed with me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Still in your pocket there in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I quite like, I love butter now. But yeah. yeah, I just don't remember having grown up food. And very much my mum and, and my stepfather had dinner at a very different time. I never had dinner with them. Right. So, but mm. I think I'm a bit of an extreme case because, as I said, I was an only child and, and it was a, quite a solitary mm. experience. Hence, now I'm very, very adamant about we all sit together and have dinner together and watch my children gag over. Else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very different experience. We have dinner together, we all eat the same thing together. When I was young, I used to, when we were going, when I went around a friend's house, I remember it this particularly because I still eat it when I feel a bit ill sometimes. But a particular friend of mine, her mum would always sit us in front of the TV with a bowl of white rice and ketchup. Really? Really? Yeah. Not no, ketchup. Ketchup, yeah. Okay. He'd mix it all in and mm. eat it. Red just rice. as a Yeah, red rice, yeah. <laughs> pink <laughs> rice. Yeah, Very... my sister used to do that. Mm. Loved it. It's quite nice, actually. Mm. It yeah. sounds a bit rank, it does, but it I mean, nice. it also looks a bit rank. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going around friends' houses and had been given a, a different dinner to what mm. the, the parents were eating. Because mm. my parents, I think my parents couldn't be bothered to do it rather than anything else. Yeah. And we'd have the fish fingers and fish baked fingers, beans and peas. chips. And it's really great because yeah. I never got to eat that at home. Yeah. It, I always had to have, like, tuna nespoirs and, yeah. sp- like, tagatelli bolognese. Yeah, and yeah. I just wanted fish fingers, chips and yeah, peas. Yeah, I think my kids yeah. kind of want that as well. Mm. <laughs> Potato <laughs> smiles. I love yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I eat that now, toast. actually. Yeah. <laughs> right, so can we have baked beans on toast? No! Reminisce, gobbler. <laughs> uh, so, Kate, what do you often have left lying sad and limp in the bottom of your fridge? Well, obviously salad. I have a lot of salad yeah. left behind. Um, you know, lettuce and stuff. Lettuce soup, absolutely delicious. So I do a lot of soups, a lot of soups. My deep freezer is full of soup and I use trimmings so I like I cook a lot of fennel and you take off the bits and I use all of that I can't bear to throw anything away Lizzie yeah. what about you what do you always have there's left? always a sad cucumber oh. I was just thinking that cucumbers why yeah. so sad because they last quite a long time yeah and then they go really gooey so if you catch it yeah. just before if you catch it just before it goes like it collapses within itself yeah it's usually quite good I often cook cucumber I know. So if you peel it and then take out the watery insides mm, and then yeah. salt it mm. and then wash it, you can stir fry it with ground, with um, either slices of pork or ground or oh, minced pork or chicken yeah. with a kind of white pepper, soy sauce, oyster sauce. 
it's actually becomes when you cook cucumber it becomes delicious. denser yeah it's really like, delicious it's almost a bit like kind of no it's not really like courgette at all but a little bit like mm. or marrow or something yeah, yeah. never but think to do but that where courgette and marrow goes softer mm. cucumber yeah. hardens yeah uh, okay it's really good same with lettuce mm. I, little gem i eat a lot of and that's usually I, I stir fry this gym mm. with oyster sauce a lot as well. Mm. Just stir fry it, I reckon. If in doubt, <laughs> stir, fry. Fry. stir fry. Cucumber also makes very nice soup as well. Mm. Cucumber cold cucumber soup, it's yeah. delicious. And I often have root vegetables starting to wilt. I've got a yeah. quarter of a celeriac, but it's because you can't buy a half celeriac, or you can't buy enough celeriac, like a bit of a celeriac or a bit mm. of a swede. Soup is the way forward. I'm getting here. Soup yeah. is. <laughs> my uh, my husband, um, his. TV dinner slash convenience food is either egg on plate, which oh, he'll God, often, often make for his egg on daughter, plate. my stepdaughter, yeah. or this one is just Why rank, is, yeah. um, is um, tomato puree spread on rivita. Like a, oh. like a posh, like a cheap pizza. A cheap pizza. I mean, it's no, the cheapest. There's no cheese on top. <laughs> no, Wait, no, that is right. it. That is it. <laughs> that and then frozen right. peas. Oh. And then all beans straight out of the can, not even heated up. Mm. I'm that very is low level. That's that, too low level. That is desperation level. It is. <laughs> I, I have a kebab shop that's near my house that's open till 5 a.m. Oh, 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd get to that before I got to the cold beans. What's a quick cook for you, for, for, for your kids? Oh, but it'll be something, be pasta. Yeah. Yeah. But something pasta. I have jars of like made out of my mouldy herbs. I'll have jars of pesto in the fridge and stuff like that. So like pesto pasta, and, you know, um, what's the one they really like carbonara? Yeah. God, I'm good at carbonara. Cracked eggs, but mine go on toast. <laughs> so uh, posh in our house. Still on plate. Still on plate. No, ours get on toast. <laughs> <laughs> For people who who would struggle with quick cook meals without a ready meal would you be able to provide some kind of advice on you know what they should keep in their store cupboard yeah for emergencies well as I said before anchovies I think anchovies are fantastic because they add you know if you were making if you just say you just like you bought yourself a chicken breast and you've kind of cooked it in a pan and then take the chicken breast out afterwards and put some butter in there and some anchovies and anchovy butter on chicken or on some salmon. It's absolutely delicious. So anchovies. All these things are kind of quite kind of fancy and you kind of vaguely need to know what you're doing with them. So yeah. I'm almost the kind of probably, you know, I've got a catering business, so I have yeah. all this stuff to hand. I always have the holy triumvirate, which is garlic, ginger and spring onion. You can always buy those things from your local mm. supermarket. Mm. You can always stir fry mm. every bit, like odds and sods you have in your fridge, like courgettes, carrots, whatever. Mm. As long as you cut them into the same, roughly the same kind of size, because... When you're stir frying things, you don't want like chunks of things and then slithers of things. Yeah. So if you just stir fry that on a high heat with mm. garlic, ginger, spring onion and soy sauce, you're always going to have a tasty, tasty something to put over rice. Mm. So that's my kind of, that's my quick thing because everything about stir frying is about the preparation. So the, the cooking and cutting of the vegetables is the longest. Then you turn the pan on and a basic knowledge of what cooks quickly, more quickly than mm. something else. Mm. So you'll know that celery will put all... No one really eats celery. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> celery. Oh, what do you mean? Um, celery, yum. A carrot, a carrot, a carrot would take longer to cook than a courgette. Carrots take longer than yeah. courgette yeah. Um, and the pepper would probably be quicker than the pair of them. So mm. just things like that and knowing when incrementally to add things because yeah. that's the beauty and of stir-frying as well. You flavor. don't have to... You don't generally have to take everything out and then put something back in. You just add a little bit later. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And yeah. I think also with, with TV dance, just... 
Keep everything as simple as possible. Yeah. You know, you know, as long as you've got a couple of nice ingredients and your things in your yeah. store, you don't need a great big... I think people get very overwhelmed by cooking yeah. and all the different things. Just keep it mm. Well, I think One of my favourite... Sorry. One of, sorry, one no, of my no. favourite ever, like, dinners, which I... if This is slight, slightly more time-dependent, but it's very low on the ingredient ratio. Marcella Hazan does this has this tomato sauce mm. where you take two tins of tomatoes, half an onion, and put it in a pan with quite a hefty pat of butter and you just simmer it for 45 minutes. Mm. And it's the most incredible pasta sauce. I think if you were to be making that pasta sauce, the trick is is to make three times the yeah. recipe. Yeah. Something like that. I generally find if you slow cook things as well for a long time, then they keep for longer. It'll, it'll keep fridges in the fridge, freeze yeah. or whatever. Just... just be a little bit clever, think in advance a little bit. Because generally, that tomato sauce is going to be a hell of a lot nicer than something that you're going to buy at some convenience package. Yeah, of, well, that's of it. From summer. So that yeah. with some pasta and a bit of basil oil out yeah. of your, you know, that you're going to end up with something much better. I think the thing with the concept of TV dinners, I I would say it's more about convenience than actually the television itself. Speed and convenience. And I quite like that both Lizzie and Kate were quite different in their approaches. Kate, who's obviously a very seasoned cook, her tips that I think you could take away are that have a lot of nice condiments lying about and that will last, and then you can just add them to a bit of rice or vegetables or whatever and then I like how Lizzie will will take anything from the fridge and turn it into something using her Asian roots so she came along with a bit of old ham I'd never put that into a, a noodle soup but it worked really well and she was using up her ingredients and it was ready in under I think 10 minutes that concept of convenience food is so possible in your own home you don't need to have a ready meal and you don't need to call a takeaway it just takes a little bit of um, not even forward planning just having some things in your fridge and having the confidence as well that's it the confidence that it is possible to create something out of nothing next time we're planning our menus laying the table and getting our glad rags on with some very special guests for our dinner party that's Let's Eat a dinner party next week with me Hersha Patel Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or at theguardian.com forward slash audio. Special thanks to Lizzie and Kate and to our producer Lucy Dearlove at Rethink Audio. Jason Phipps is the Guardian's head of audio. Until next time. Goodbye. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.